0: Provost
1: Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that last did the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wells Welsley road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 19 19- I was just a boy. I knew I'd have to wait. Now yeah, there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore. But those glory days and old return once more.
2: Hello, hello. How do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. And we're back. We'll get into the game. We won't delve too much into it. We'll talk about a few other things as well. But before we get into football chat, let's hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold.
3: Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your
2: side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it is a football show after all. Thanks, as always, to East 5 Community Football Club and John W. Gilbertson's solicitors out of Glenrothes for their continued support of the podcast and the team. We we toyed with not doing the show this week because there's not going to be much to talk about, but we're we're troopers, Lee. We're going to ply yes. on.
0: Yes, um, and what's been a mixed bag um, for the podcast this week in terms of... You know, last week we had the high and then we had Archibald on Thursday, which was another high, and then literally couldn't have got any more low after the game yesterday. The, the Probably one of the most abject performances of the season, in my opinion. I was luckily uh, lucky enough to have the, the company, uh, uh, Gordon Henderson, directly behind me last night. Um, yeah, sorry, last night. Well, hey, um, <laughs> and, at the, and at the game as well. Um, and it was... a. Uh, painful for the sphincter and the
2: ice <laughs> <laughs> i I, I would imagine it was i mean gordon was it better from you <laughs> no, from, from it, was, uh, it was um <laughs> it,
3: it was a pretty grim slog and um, obviously the game wasn't too enjoyable either <laughs> <laughs> to,
1: to be fair to be fair when i imagine you two which i do regularly i'd always have gordon being the uh you know, the giver in the relationship.
2: So, good fair play. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think anyone would uh, imagine anything different.
0: Yeah, but I've all got all that cushion for It's and it's uh, basically put it to waste.
2: I mean, Doug, watching the, the highlights, I watched both the East Fife and the Clyde highlights because I am obviously like a sadomasochist, back to, to Liam Gordon there, but five minutes from each team was all that they could muster from that game. It wasn't a classic, and it was quite disappointing, really, after the way that we, we've been playing in in recent weeks.
1: Yeah, it was really disappointing. Um, it's one of those situations where I'm really glad we didn't record last night because I was I was real, I think that's it's maybe the most sort of annoyed, sort of angry I've been all season, which seems ridiculous, considering we've sort of been on a, a decent run of form, and I just it felt like such a big game, and when other results went our way. You know, you can look at it with two ways. You can say, well, we've not lost anything. We've just lost a, a game left, if you like. But it's such an opportunity. And we were miles off it yesterday. I, I thought Clyde were comfortably, comfortably the better team. You know, we maybe had, oh, I mean, Chris, you're lucky for saying a couple of minutes at the start of the game. And then I thought they were the better team throughout, really. I just thought we were, that was it. It almost feels like as poor as we've been all season
2: disappointing so we will get into talking about that clyde game in a little bit but just want to kick things off with some good chat some fun chat lee tell us a little bit about thursday night it seems to have gone down really well everyone's really enjoyed it and i've heard some good things about you some good feedback for you so well done mate in putting this on and and pulling it off
0: yeah um Pulling it off is one of my favourite things to do. So, um, you've had a lot was... of experience over the years, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and no, it was look, it was. I, I said that at the at the time when I thanked the the audience for coming, it was a, a proper dream come true moment for me, and sort of uh, captured it on social media. Like I, I, I studied media studies um, at college. I left school to do that. Always wanted to get into journalism, and last night it actually felt like I got to kind of live that part of my childhood dreams and to do it with um, a legend like Steve Archibald, obviously having someday like an experienced broadcaster and David Tanner alongside me as well was, was amazing. Like I just, you know, it was one of those sort of pinch yourself moments, right. Um, And, you know, the, the overwhelming feedback from the event has been really, really good. Um, Some decent money raised for the club as well. It was good to see the, you know some board members there as well. and um, Jim Stevenson um was there, which was great. And we had uh, Liam had got a um banner printed with a graphic for the event, like the Goldie Days gold banner, um was on there and stuff. And it like just seeing stuff like that made it really surreal. And then um we auctioned it at the end of the night, and um, Jim Stevenson bought it to display, I think, in the boardroom for two hundred pounds. Which was brilliant. Um, we also had some other memorabilia. um Well, f- through headline events, that, the the company that helped me put it on. Um, you know, some of the signed items that went that night was like a signed Sir Alex Ferguson framed photo. um oh, wow. I, I paid it like uh, Conor McGregor's gloves. Um, I think that went for over four or five hundred pounds. There was like signed Manchester United, Liverpool, and um, Paul Pogba France shirt, and um, David Silva shirt. Um, Ryan Gags, there was loads of different stuff. The majority of it went on the night as well. So, um, and then there were some raffle tickets. The, again, the events company got three of uh, this year's East Fife shirts, um, with Archbold 8 printed on the back of it. Um, and they all went out as um prizes in the raffle. Two of them got auctioned off and went for 175 pounds each. Um, and the, the, uh, Steve signed him and stuff. But even just interviewing Steve Archibald, he was, uh, he was a really nice guy, really, really nice guy. And he was very funny, very quick witted, um, uber confident in himself. Um, as you can imagine, something that's played at that um, level has been. And, and one of my favourite questions he was asked was He's not, not know, a has been, Lee. Well, I think it's 63 or whatever it is now maybe just but I thought we'd um, signed him
2: when you said they had a new strip with the number 8 on the back he could probably <laughs> do a do a job in the midfield at the moment we may actually uh, tested the keeper if he'd played yesterday but um,
0: no one of my favourite questions he was asked on the night was that you know you've just got the job and you've played under some incredible managers you know Sir Alex Ferguson Jockstein Terry Venables which one of them did you pick up the phone to get advice he went none I didn't need any <laughs>
3: I'm
0: like Fail. (laughs) Like, that was like the question answered, asked. Next question, please. Um, You know, clearly a very confident guy, but one of the the great parts of it, if you're a bit of a football nerd like I am, and somebody asked him a question like, how would you coach your striker now? And he was talking about the back post. He was like, that's where he got the majority of his goals. And, and, you know, you wouldn't hang at the back post. You would stand, you know, two, three yards back from it, just to the side. And wait for the cross to come in to then attack it at the back post. And he just went into this like really long like explanation of like that's how he would coach a striker now and and how to sort of coach that instinct into them. And I was just like, this guy is an absolute genius. <laughs> like he really, really is. Um and the the audience on the night were were superb, like absolutely brilliant. The questions they asked, you know, you normally get a few people at these sort of things that end up too steaming and start, you know, heckling or whatever, and there was just none of that. That it was just a room full of people, With complete respect for the guy. That's because um, Doug and wasn't there, he didn't have a ticket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is that. There is that. Um, but you know, he was he was asked um, you know, about getting back into management and he was just honest and just went, nah. Like just wouldn't have got back into it. Just didn't fancy it in the end. Um but yeah, there was there was loads of questions. I was just I, I wish we'd recorded that or found a way for it to be recorded. I was going to so say because we
2: mentioned we were hoping to record it, but unfortunately yeah. we couldn't get it recorded on the night. So it, it's it's in everyone's minds at least that was there.
0: Absolutely, and and once again, there's you know in terms of thank yous, like Liam Anderson was an incredible help at, at making sure that the event went ahead. Leona as well, um, without the two in particular. Um, it would have been a, a lot of stress on me, and, and those guys really took that away. Um, David Tanner as well, Colin from um, Headline Events, the photographer on the night, um, who was well, excellent. This sounds like the fucking Oscars, uh, no, <laughs> but these people deserve recognition. <laughs> and you'll be, you'll be pleased to know I've, I thanked all you guys on stage at the end of the night. My um, listeners will tell you that, um, you know. And without risking getting too soppy in my almost hungover state again this week, um, you know you guys have been uh, brilliant, and it's and you know we're coming up to two years of the show in May, which is absolute insanity, and you know it, it makes watching East Five even as garbage as we were yesterday. Mm-hmm. You give me a reason to live. Oh, I
1: I'll, I'll always love when the guys, at, sorry, at the Oscars do their speech in it. They're obviously reading off the autocue, and they actually write, wrap it up like you know stop speaking, and they have to go. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, just a quick thing about Archibald. A, a mate of mine was uh, in and around the Eastleigh squad when he took over, and he said by a mile he was the fittest player at the club at 39. I think he was like by a mile. Apparently, he said it was embarrassing. Yeah. Like, compared, did, you know, just
2: did you get uh, to ask my question, Lee, about him putting his foot in the ball and pulling his socks up? Yes, I did. That's one of my yeah. lasting memories of him in a game. No one would go yeah. near him. He just had this, like, Horror. aura about him.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's it's great you kind of got to live out your, your childhood fantasy. When I was younger, I had to write to Jim, we'll fix it for that. But at least you got to go <laughs> and do it at an event yeah. and bathe you. So.
0: Absolutely. But the less said about um, people of that nature on the show, probably the better because Dan's got a mention on Thursday night as well. So. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, pretty much it came to light that it was Danskin skin that wanted Archibald out, and ultimately that's why he left. Um, and uh, my comment of the night was as if the East 5 faithful couldn't hate that man anymore. He's just added even more on top of that, and that got a big cheer. So, yeah.
2: Well, let's stop looking at the past. Let's look at the present. It's It's always fun to live in the present, isn't it? Yes Yeah. Right, let's get to this game we'll, we'll go through it a bit quicker than usual Because there isn't a lot to talk about I think my biggest takeaways from it is We need to stop playing in the tartan strip Just wear the red strip We got that win in that last week That's what we need to do Also, why are we wearing red strips at home And a home strip away?
0: Apparently the ref last week thought that both our home and away kit clashed or something. I can't remember what it was. We um, thought that our tartan strip clashed with Dumbarton's home and away. My apologies, that's why we were our red uh-huh. kit last
2: week. I think we, it could be our lucky strip. Maybe that's where it's all gone wrong. Maybe. Let's just start by looking at the lineup because there was some good news, at least in the lineup. Maybe it didn't work out on the pitch, but there was good news in the lineup. Danny Swanson got a start. Steve Crawford, after the game, said that he should be good to go. Fingers crossed, touch wood, everything like that. Rub your little rabbit's foot or whatever for the rest of the season. But from listening to some guys talking about the the game and watching the game, he seemed to be playing quite deep. And Very deep. Crawford had mentioned that guys weren't making the runs to allow us to get the best out of Swanson so that might take a couple of games to to get going but surely he's wasted in that deep position
0: yeah kind of but it also makes me I think that the reason that they've done that is to is because he maybe doesn't have the legs to play the number 10 role so Mm -hmm. it's probably just getting him on the ball getting his foot in the ball and trying to to make that pass but I actually felt sorry for him a few times yesterday because Mm -hmm. I think that the players around them lacked a bit of intelligence or, or experience of playing with a player of his ability, because a few times like he's, he's made like a clever pass and uh, like, for example, there's like one or two with Leo Watson and maybe a couple where Ryan Blair, where they just, it's just clearly they're not on that level, but equally they haven't played a lot together. But I mean, yesterday, Christ, that was, it was awful. It was so bad. Um, Potentially, I mean, we've had much worse results this season, but that that's bound to be one of our worst performances. I mean, I, I can't even actually remember a chance that I thought we even looked like we might score or might even test the keeper um defensively.
2: Denham had one yeah. in the second minute that was pretty much straight down the keeper's throat, but at least it had power and was on target and then it seemed to just be that was that was our peak.
0: I said this to Doug, uh, to, to Gordon yesterday, and I said it to Doug as well, but it was visibly obvious how much we missed Ryan Wallace yesterday. Um, and it's, it maybe we haven't given him enough credit. Um, and he was and, injured,
2: we should point out, after your yes. tirades, the all of you guys about poor Ryan last week.
0: Well, I mean, just because
2: he's foot hurt doesn't mean he can't take three seconds to applaud the fans, so definitely not taking that excuse. Um, but, I mean... And he did come out and sit back and watch the end of the game. We were told as well. Still, don't applaud the fans. Let me move. Um, he
0: he was so vocal in the pitch against Embarren, and I heard nothing in the stand yesterday. Like that, that sounded like re- remote communication at all. Um, Chris Higgins had one of his worst performances of the season, which is a shame because of how well he's played. Um, but, I mean, even the, re- the referee, Scott Lambie, I, I, I detest him. He gives us n- absolutely nothing. And, and the lead-up to their first goal is a clear foul on Healy on the touchline. Doesn't give it. They go up the park. You know, they get a massive deflection. The goal goes in. He just, you know, literally in my head I went, game over. Because it just, you kind of got that feeling it just wasn't going to be your day. but. They had a shot in the first half that was at least two or three yards over the line um, that we didn't get. And, I thought, and at that point, you're like, oh, maybe this might actually work out for us.
2: I was going to say, you're like, um, he doesn't give us anything. And then he's just like, yeah, I'm not giving them that goal.
0: Yeah, I, to be honest, I think that's due to his lack of ability than <laughs> anything else. Um, so, and I mean, the boys for Kirkcaldy, I mean, he should never be a referee in these five
2: games. Gordon, from Watson... Watching the brief highlights that were up. The, one of the big things that stood out for me was the lack of movement, the lack of mobility of the defence. On the goals and other chances, they just, they seemed off the pace.
3: Yeah, it was very like slow to react to everything yesterday, particularly when you look at the goals. So, I mean, the first goal, obviously Higgins has this crazy crossfield pass that just gets intercepted and we're immediately in trouble. But you look at it and, you know, I think you end up with sort of one, because oh, it hit the hit the bar, it comes back out, it kind of falls to a Clyde player, but there's one Clyde player in there and then three yeah. Clyde players. And and it just seems like the Clyde player is first to react. And we're slow and we're, you know, we're not closing them down properly. Second goal, um, you know, ball at the park, eight foot tall, Rob Jones wins it, fair enough. You know, there's, there's one Clyde player all, all on his own. I mean, he's got... Just waltzing loaded... through the defence. Yeah. And, st- you know, by the time Steele moves to him, he's got that that room to go past him. And it was just, you know, given how well we've defended over the past two months, you know, like even when we're not really playing particularly well, we've been defending well. We've kept things tight and you know, we've kept... Mistakes and costly mistakes really down to a minimum, um, and it was just kind of, you know, it was just all there yesterday, um, it, and you know, to fair, it was that kind of performance. We felt like nothing was coming off. No part of the team was playing particularly well. A lot of poor individual performances, just a poor collective performance. And hopefully, it's just a blip and it's just one of these days, but. You know, every way you looked at that performance, it was just bad. It was bad things all over the place, pretty much.
0: Here's here's a question to, to to either of you guys that that were at the game yesterday. Can you remember a game where every single one of our players had as poor as a game as they had yesterday? Because normally. You watch a game and you're like, you know, all oh, right, well, we didn't play that well, but kid Miller, you know, he, he battled away in the middle of the park, or, you know, Aaron Steele did, you know, as well as he could, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I can't honestly think a single player that I would give pass marks to yesterday. I, I,
1: thought, I thought we looked, like, it was almost like we looked really leggy. Yeah. Like, Higgins' first half, it was almost like he wasn't quite fit and he was sort of.
0: I mean, definitely to- carrying a knock in it. Definitely. Well,
1: like, he just he just didn't look... He just looked so far off it. I mean, both goals, when you look at Steele, I mean, the second one, that's terrible defender. Yeah. It's definitely. like, you you know, it's almost like a little 50-50 challenge in the box, and he's lost it comfortably to this little Niaf. You, you know, that he could have wiped him out with the ball there. I mean, there was no... It was powder puff. You had your... I mean, Leo Watson was all right. You've got Mercer on the other side, who just let Skies cross a ball. I've never seen a defender do this. He does it every week. Like, literally, doesn't close him down at all. It's like four yards just let him cross it. He can't do that. I mean, it's so bad. And offered nothing going forward again. And yeah, I just... Brian, eh, Brian Blair. Fuck I me. Mean, Ryan Blair. Well, I keep calling him Ray Blair, so... <laughs> well, honestly, and this is a massive dig at Stevie Crawford, take him off three kicks and corners. He is maybe the worst I've ever seen. And it's worrying because... Uh, in commentary last week uh, Chris Higgins was talking about oh yeah with this point with that he's got such an amazing delivery like maybe in training but I tell you what our free kicks and crosses I think Healy had one that was woeful and it's it's just it's so bad and I just you're know, right Lee I mean Connell did nothing uh, Healy did step overs which is so far all he's done for us and I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I know he's a young lad, but he needs—we need him to do something as an end product
2: because there's a zero so far. I
1: mean, surely I just, you want I, to
2: have him running at defenses. I think um, he does, Michael. But
1: it's early days. I mean, he's, he's a He's a kid. But, but I, the only, like, the only thing I'll say—we were actually talking about today—guys um, like Doherty, Page. It goes back to your Bobby Mans, all these sort of boys. These old experienced boys, like, we know them was pretty crap because he was at East Fig, but they read the game very well. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Doherty didn't look troubled. The Clyde, I actually watched it on the stream. The Clyde commentator was saying basically he's had a great season. Positionally, he's very good, blah, blah, blah. I just, I, it, it looked a wee bit like a wee boy against an experienced head, and the experienced head won so comfortably.
2: I was surprised that Pat Slattery didn't start because he had a good outing last week.
0: I wasn't surprised because if Chris Figgins if Chris Figgins Jesus and Chris Higgins is 70% fit or 80% fit you play Chris Higgins like you know that that's just fact um, you know he's, he's probably the closest thing that we've got to a leader on the starting pitch um, at the moment and he's probably you know Crawford's man on the pitch I would imagine and um,
2: Going because we, back we from, went 4 5 1 didn't we
0: look our shape was so bad yesterday i wasn't even sure what we were playing formation wise <laughs> right um crawford's tactics are beginning to be a bit of a concern and i say beginning because we've we've managed to get away with it a couple of times and we've found results and got wins and stuff so but yesterday we had to get something from that game right we go a goal down and we don't change it. We're not creating chances and we don't change it. It's just a bit like, you know, Crawford and Greg McDonald and Paul Connor or whatever it is, is called like they go on the rehuddle and they, they chat for five minutes and then they go back to watching the game and they go back and they chat for five minutes and they go back to watching the game. And I'm just a bit like, change it. You've got to change it. You've got to do something to try and change the course of the game yesterday. Jack Healy was pocketed by Mark Docherty for the entirety of the match. Why not go, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll change it up and we'll go 4-4-2, four, four, you know, just as an example, and play Connell and Healy off each other and just try and get the ball over the defence and hope that Healy, that Healy catches one of them and just runs on it. Because, I mean, you were getting the ball to Healy early in the first half, I thought, He's going to be where our threat comes from the day he made a couple of like, cuts inside, but it looks like he's almost petrified to shoot outside the box. Um, and then like, to follow up, but, but, again, I, I don't particularly like singling players out, but I, I called this weeks ago, weeks ago, weeks ago, weeks ago. Ryan Blair has added nothing to our team. Nothing. I've not seen a single performance from him. I think, oh, I can see what Crawford sees here. I can't see anything, and he's offered no more than a Sarah Bonsu did. And-
1: I, I, I think I think that's partially correct, but also really harsh, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think I said to you about Ossie Bonsu, I don't think he'd ever played football before he came us. I think Blair had those sort of three games, or the Falkirk game maybe in the middle of the three. I can't remember the ones around
0: it. Where first half especially it was very good. Yeah, but like he'll, he'll do. Maybe you'll get you'll give you half an hour, but I mean, it, I can't remember. I said this to the Gordon yesterday. I can't remember an assist. I can't remember and um, really creating a, a, like a clear cut chance. I know I'll be wrong. Somebody will tweet me and say, "Oh, I got the assist in this game or whatever." But you know, I, I might not be able to see the wood for the trees. But if I'm Stevie Crawford, I would be saying to the boy Pollock, "You start next week. I'm going to put you in the middle of the pack because." I'm-
3: does feel like an overreaction to one
0: game, though? Would no, you present? because he's been, Would you... he's been poor for weeks, Gordon, and I, I don't
2: think anybody will be able to convince me otherwise. I um, I don't think he's a starter right now for us. Who,
0: Pollock? I mean, I, I think no, that if, uh, I had a, a, if I Pollock, if I had a... I'm not
2: sure. I like, I haven't seen enough of Pollock to know, but I, I, I just feel the way it was set up yesterday with that 4-5-1, and I know a lot of it is because we are beat up and we're missing some key guys and stuff, but it kind of felt... Like, in Crawford's mind, he was like, I'm going to put it out like this. If we sneak a draw, nil-nil even, I'd be happy with that. Then we went down so early, and there was just nothing to change it. And, like Swanson said afterwards, that they had a game plan going into it, and they basically just didn't execute that, that game plan, and it boiled down to them not getting a grip of the game. And I think that's why he had five men in the middle of the park, because the plan was to control possession, control the middle of the park, see what they could sneak, and it just didn't happen.
1: No, I, I think for, I think for me the problem we've got the problem we've got in midfield is he obviously likes two holding midfielders for whatever reason. Miller's the kind of masher, you know, that will get stuck in. I'm guessing the plan then is Blair picks up scraps and plays the, you know, whether it's simple ball or whatever, and then you've got I guess. Swanson would have been the more advanced of the sort of three central ones but even him I thought he was very much sort of the old all fur coat or fur coat nay knickers, I don't know what the phrase is you know it's, it's nice sort of stuff but didn't really do anything for me Swanson uh, I know he's, he's been a long time out but I think that's you're right about Wallace missing it's noticeable just for his work rate in between sort of front and, and middle Yeah. <sighs> I just, I, it was just really, it was just really depressing. I, I don't think they'll change a lot on Saturday, but I think Saturday will be a tough game against Salah. I think they'll be, I think they'll be pretty good.
0: They'll I be mean, the oldest to decide the
2: only, the sword yeah, the only the real,
1: game. the only real positive I've got is that you know we didn't lose anything really. Like,
2: well, yeah, you know, Dumbarton like, lost to the Wales yeah,
1: all that sort of stuff. Everything's the same. It's just but a wasted Saturday.
2: Basically. We just lost a game to catch them. Is basically what it comes down to now.
0: But yeah. It's no, it's not that though because the Clyde aren't a good side. They're not a good side, right? And we, we, it was like we gave them respect, and they're the scummiest team on earth. I mean, any time that we looked as if we were going to get any momentum on the ball, they filled us. That happened. Kept, like must have been ten plus times yesterday. Um, now it's just it is either very, very clever play or they're just set up to be dirty. But I think yeah, they've got a
1: good system, Lee. I mean, they've absolutely I mean they've turned us over like
3: three times this year. Clyde played Clyde. reasonably well yesterday, I think. Oh, just yeah. and, and, they managed
2: think, like I, after going no. one up and especially two up, they managed that game. It's like there was nothing.
0: Clyde were good,
2: are, we were shy. And there's yeah, a know, mass
0: there's Clyde, a massive difference. But Clyde never let us in the game for a second. Yeah. It's, it was the same last time we were
1: there it's, he, he plays a very it's a simple formation it's fucking squ- you know square pegs and square holes boys that know what they're doing and they just play that thing they've got two wingers they have a go fullbacks, and they've got a guy at front whether it's a big guy or wee guy combo or whatever it's just very simple I, I think for me sometimes I've said it before at this level you can go way over the top of your forward oh, to playing a four-two-three-one diamond Christmas tree shake it all about nonsense it's like our growth, we talk about it all the time. Four, four, two, backs who defend, wingers who attack, midfielders. Who, it's, it's. Everyone knows their job, and I sometimes, you sometimes look at you, Spiker. There's sometimes these performances where you get like a, you know, a floating player. It's like, well, we don't fucking need floating players. We need someone who's sitting in a position and they know exactly what they're doing. That was my problem with like a Swanson yesterday, because he just floated around and didn't do anything. Look nice, look pretty. We're passing, and I'm not going to go with him because there was nothing up front with him. But sometimes I, I think Clyde on paper are a poor team because you look at guys like Doherty and Pagey, who was good for us 25 years ago, and you. But they're just managed well; they are managed well, and they're, they're yeah. fucking. They're 16 points ahead of us or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're they're comfortably a better team than us.
2: I I think, and obviously this is me showing my age and just being a an old fashioned grump, but. Sometimes managers make modern football more complicated than it needs to be.
3: But at the same time, right? You look. You look. Last week, you know, the Dumb- us versus Dumbarton. To me, there's a big parallel there between Clyde versus us this week, and that last week, we turned up. We generally looked quite good. Most of our players had a, you know, decent or good game. Dumbarton were a bit of a shambles. Most of their players didn't really play very well. We beat them comfortably. We play Clyde this week and it's it's the reverse.
2: Mm. Yeah, they're not yeah, world they, beaters. They were us from last week. Yeah, they're
3: not world beaters, but,
1: you know... The, the, other, the other thing, Gordon, for me, well. the, the, these games that we've got just now in and around the bottom, I still feel if we lose the first goal, we lose. I still feel that's a problem just because, and is, we've said yeah. it before, our lack of... Chances that we create, yeah, just gets amplified. Well, we, didn't, we didn't
2: test them in the final third. From but, like everything no, that I saw in the highlights, and it might have been different at the game, but I'm pretty sure they would have shown these in the highlights. Everything was either headed over or like kicked way over, and their keeper wasn't tested. And in in the final third, we just had no penetration. I know you guys had it later on, but it's like during the game there was none.
3: I mean, I thought Clyde closed us down very well, um, and like we're we're bottom of the league. We're not a very good. We're not a good League One team. Even if we win every game from now and into the season, our points total is still not going to be very good. The, the way I looked at it is we didn't. We've not become world beaters over the past month. We're not no. a great team because we beat them We're not a shit team because we Clyde. We're a we're a poor League One team.
2: And well, I don't know, Stevie a, Crawford. His exact quote, absolutely magic in terms of effort and commitment in recent months.
3: Yeah, that, that has and been magic. Yeah. But if if you if your effort and commitment is magic and your results are still all right, what it does suggest is you don't have the talent. We don't have the same ability in our squad as most other teams in this league. So we're not gonna you know, we're gonna have games like this. Mm. But, that, but that's what Crawford's done for me, is he's taken
1: a group of pretty average footballers and actually made us a decent team again. Yeah. Which is why we've had a sort of upturn. I was a wee bit disappointed in his his interview in many ways. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying he should have ripped into the team at all or in that. I just,
0: I don't know. But I'm I don't think he really let them off the hook either. I don't think no. he actually let them off the hook. And I would have been fuming if he'd came out and said that you know, that he thought the boys put in a shift or blah, 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 whatever, yeah. because they didn't. They, they massively let him down yesterday. Like, they massively let him down. But equally, he's got to start looking at himself and some of the decisions that he's making. And we'll come back to Ryan Blair. Like, I've got two theories, right? So the first one is that he's woeful at set pieces, right? Not much of a theory uh, than a fact. But the second one, and one that I I can't remember if it was Gordon or Isla said it to us, I wonder if he's playing low-driven passes because we offer no aerial threat at all. And it could be that it's just like, well, there's probably no point in putting a cross in because they've got Johnny Page who's just going to header that, or they've got Gregor Buchanan or Dunnan or whoever it is that's going to come in and, and clear that out from a header. So it could potentially be that, but equally, how many times do you do the same thing before you realise it's not working, and that's what your training sessions for on a Tuesday and a Thursday? Like, right, okay, we're going to need to find a different way to work a set piece because this isn't working. Now, I don't know. If Lee, you know if this...
1: Sorry, I was just going to say our set pieces over the board are wo- like woeful. Our throw-ins, yeah, are so bad. I mean, I actually laughed in the second half. How many times Mercer threw it straight to a Clyde player? Not even close. Watson did on the other side. It's like, if you're throwing it long, it's got to be to a guy who's going to be able to flick it on. You don't just throw it. It's almost like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm running out of time. I'll just chuck it. But
2: also, if you're a bad team, set pieces are your key to getting into games. How many times do you see a team that's really not good, but they're good at set pieces and that's what what keeps them ticking along?
0: Yeah. But you
3: know, it's usually because they've got. A few guys in there who can attack and defend set uh, pieces.
0: I would love to uh, know just, if we've we scored. We if we've scored from a corner this year,
1: it's so funny, Lee. I, I thought about this at Bayview uh, a couple of weeks ago. Remember, like when you're sort of Juker era and you're Ross Graham's, and when we got a corner, there was a proper roar went up because you're like,
2: right, genuinely, yeah, totally.
1: Now, now it's like. But
3: I don't even think anyone claps encouragement because I it's like slightly... well That is true, but it's not someone we can fix in training. You know what I mean? It's we, what we need to do is sign a Kenny Juker or a Ross Graham type player that can actually be a threat for corners. Now you know there's a there's a reasonable argument to say it doesn't matter how much you work on set pieces in training, you know, Ryan Blair putting balls into Kyle Connell and Jack Healy and Danny yeah. Swanson, it's not gonna happen. To be fair, yeah, none of we're was,
0: in the box at the set piece. If, but I would actually, I ladder, that all, we could, just, ha, just have a shot. Just have a shot. Because there's no point, there's absolutely no point in, in putting a cross in if we're not going to win it in a header. Just shoot. I would rather that you shoot, maybe the keeper parries it or it hits the post or whatever, and you get the chance to have a follow-up. Then, oh, yeah. what, what, even yeah. if it's 40 yards, have yeah. a pop because we're and not. Get, really
3: get, under, get on target. I wonder who, who your tallest player is. Steel probably. Uh, steel Cause, cause Higgins, well, even, even Higgins isn't that
1: big for a second. No, yeah, that's player. what I was going to say. It's definitely that. Yeah, this yeah. might surprise just, you, but I've Blair's been trying to find a second or
3: something.
2: I've been trying to find if we scored from a corner, but all the stat sites don't have a lot of East Five stats for performance breakdowns and stuff. And o- can't Optus can't letting us down
3: we've probably scored one or two, but the fact that you just can't even, one doesn't even come to mind, mm. obviously means we've not scored very many.
0: Mm. There's there's definitely like, and I'll go back to my Seabon comment from earlier. Like, I'm not saying I would rather have a Seabon I'm just saying that there's not been the, considering we've brought Blair in and he was told like, he's got a one left foot and an eye for goal. And I'm just about like, we've seen none of that. It's literally like we've just, just sort of, Sidestepped a little bit Or maybe slightly improved Maybe at a push But it's not and, and The other thing was is I looked at our um, players that weren't fit yesterday And how many of them would be starting
2: um, We might have lost uh, another one or two as well By the signs of it yeah,
0: um, I mean, obviously Murdoch didn't play yesterday and he's such a mess because he's just such a, a great player. Ross Davidson, I mean, you know, if he's fit, uh, he would be in the team. So th- there is things to, to feel sorry for. And the other thing that I kind of feel sorry for Crawford is, I mean, really, apart from the lone players and Blair, he's not had a chance to stamp or bring in the type of player that perhaps he would like to bring into the club. Um, and it'll be interesting in the uh, the summer window to see the, the sort of additions and stuff that he makes. But really, to go back on something that we've said, however many times in the show, you know, we could almost accept getting beat if there's a want and a desire and, you know, we have a go. And yesterday was actually, I actually was, I felt insulted having watched it, like, £17 to get into the ground to the, one of the biggest, scummiest arenas in British football. and uh, Genuinely, not exaggerating when I say that, just a cesspit full of absolute arseholes. Um, and then you, you go away and you're, you're left with a bitter taste in your mouth because it was just brutal.
1: I, I, I've absolute. said before, Lee, the, in, the, in these games, which are, we all know they're absolutely massive from now on in, See, when you're getting beat, someone just put a nasty tackle or someone take a yellow and just show it was nine. I just, I I struggle with that. I struggle with guys that will just, and I'm not saying it's like a a Roy Keane rant about players not trying, because they weren't not trying, but I don't know. Just show something to suggest that you're not happy with either your performance or the team's performance or something. I just thought there was so little yesterday
0: it was a joke just even just ha- hearing them like having a go at each other like come on get stuck in or you know just show sh- a bit of, you know one of those ones like I mean we've all played football at various levels but somebody like talking through their teeth you're like get a fucking foot in or whatever like but there was like, none of that it's all very much like a couple of wee claps like, oh I'm sorry go again go again go again go again like that nah, I mean, was too we're nice again. I mean our, our team was
3: too nice you know let's go back to most, most D.
0: go back to Banks of D Stevie yeah. Frail's um, comments got a n- nice uh, dressing room lads but that's the problem they're all too nice yeah you need at
3: least one or two bastards in your team mo- all good teams have those yeah. and I don't think we've got any to be honest like from what I see but you, you don't, don't know them you
1: direct it in the right way I mean you look at Conor when yeah. he got sent off for calling the referee an asshole or yeah. something like so that. I mean that's no use to anyone but just I don't know like I mean I, I don't Mean to jump on this Mercer thing, because you all know I'm not a huge fan. You're getting ripped apart all day and not once did you put in a tackle. Not once. You know, if I was him, you know, with with five minutes to go, you would put in a late one. You absolutely would. You would get a yellow card for putting in a wee bit of a naughty tackle. Something just, I mean, yeah, just so
0: poor, so poor. Well, like I, I, on the flip side, I do actually quite like Mercer. I, I think that there's a player in there, but I also think he's a guy that's that's a definitely a confidence player, um, and I, th- I think that there's definitely a, a lack of confidence in him for whatever reason just now, um, you know, I think with Mercer as well. I mean, he his set pieces are good. Just let him take them, um. His set of pieces are decent, Doug. They're, they're better than what we're seeing for Blair.
1: What like direct shots on goal, decent or yeah? Oh, he, he scored one about a year ago. I mean, he had one yesterday. It was a great position, which was terrible.
0: I think he for scored more his... than one goal for us from a free, a free kick this season, like. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not. He, he actually did score one away at Montrose, which was a duft and it hit a guy in the wall and went completely the opposite direction. Um, that's definitely all he scored. I, I, look, I'm not. I'm not. Say, I mean, I don't think our problem is necessarily shots on goal, free kicks. To be fair, I think it's our delivery, try to put something in the box and cause a few problems. Is, is the big problem. But I just like Mercer. We all know when he goes forward, he's good. Like you know, and he has those games where he he he's sort of up for it, overlap the winger and go. But Christ, you've, you've not seen any of that for weeks.
0: No. Like I say, like, it's it's hard to disagree with that. But I still think that there is a player in there. But we aren't seeing it just now. There's not a, de- anyway. there's
1: not a defender in there. No. I'll tell you that no, no. I'll, I'll he's he's right now. I'll agree
0: with you in that. I'll agree with you in that. Look, we, we're both defenders to trade, right, if we're talking football. And <laughs> to, I, to, I, trade. <laughs> to trade? <laughs> yes. That's, if, if we're If we're going back to our glittering football careers, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. Where I don't even think I'd have left it to the last five minutes. If if I've been skinned two or three times by a defender, I'd be like, well, oh, you're no fucking doing it again. And you just lamp them and you take the yellow and then you think, think twice about coming past you yeah. again.
1: I think Gordon's talked about it before, about defenders who just love defending and want to defend and yeah. tackles in. He is the absolute opposite of that. And yeah. if, I, he's I, known, if I'm going to no. be really critical, and I might as well go in all in, he's had one good season in his career with us under Naismith. And ever since then, he's been poor. He's been poor with us. He was he was voted Falkirk's worst ever fullback. He was apparently really? very poor at Queen of the South. You know, I, I think we're living on this one season he had with us when he was good. This season, I think he's been five or six out
2: of 10 at best, apart from a couple of games. Well, since we're giving numbers out, let's get to the three, two, one, so we can wrap up talking about the Clyde game. Now, looking at the enthusiasm from all of you, you want me to give you a couple of minutes while I, I tell you who our tallest players are?
0: Yes. yes. Oh yeah.
2: Okay. Yes. So this is but the there, there
1: should be a jingle for this.
0: <laughs> How tall is your player? <laughs> this is on transfer
2: market. I had a look at a couple of other ones and it was a bit patchy. Can we guess? So, yeah, have a Let's guess. Let's make it a game. Okay, you you Go won't what? get who our tallest in the squad is because he hasn't been playing. But Gallagher. Oh, actually, he is one of the tallest but David Devine the on loan guy that we got from Motherwell is, is, no, he's the tallest guy but, but from the got, guys he got, he got
0: sent back in January so. Yeah,
2: from the guys that we we do have Gallagher uh, and we'll do this in centimetres because every centimetre is crucial here Lee as you very well know Gallagher
0: if, if you put it in like twice in a second then it feels the same anyway but let's let's guess who the tallest players are we'll take a guess
2: each Right. Well, Gallagher is one hundred and eighty-eight centimeters. I
3: thought Iron Steel might
2: be. Iron Steel is one hundred and
1: eighty-five. What does he come in number two? Is he number
2: three? No, there's a few bigger than him.
1: Oh wow! Uh, Oh, I'll go next. Thanks, Lee. Yeah, Ross Dunlop.
2: Oh, let's have a look at Ross Dunlop. Is that he's one hundred and eighty-one according to this? What? Looks much
3: taller
2: than that. Mm. Danny Denholm. Oh, terrible shot! It is. He is 183. And he's taller than Dunlop. This, you, this might all be bollocks because
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is on transfer market, and I don't it's know how up, accurate yeah. these are. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, next guess. Stuart Murdoch.
2: What,
1: does it go back
2: to you? Two in
1: a row. I'll, I'll, I'll decide my fucking doing, it, we're <laughs> doing <it. laughs> snake. Yeah.
2: Oh, The snake <laughs> snake draft. Uh Murdoch is 183.
1: By the way, we're we gonna go
2: through the whole squad. I know. Yeah, One more problem. guess each from, from Doug and Gordon.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Uh well, let's go down the goalie theme and we'll go for the not, Smith.
2: He is not listed. Uh, That's because he's Seven foot seven. Winner! Yay! <laughs> neither is Liam uh, Campbell and neither is Finlay Pollock but I think we can probably rule him out. <laughs> As Same with Jack Healy. So, uh, last chance to win this, Gordon?
3: Um I've got no idea. Um Ryan Blair. He seems quite tall.
2: Ryan Blair is 186. So, he is one of the tallest <laughs> that you've got. So, coming in at 189 centimetres... According to this, Michael Cunningham.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's quite tall. Yeah, Michael Cunningham's tall. And the
2: next one that, again, this is on transfer market. It was different on another site that I've got. But you've got Gallagher at 188. And then at 186, you've got Ryan Blair. Connor McManus is apparently 186 as well. And Kyle Connell. So
3: of the players that play regularly blair is the tallest and he's the one taking set pieces and he's not very good at set pieces yeah
2: excellent wow. that was that was our long-winded way of coming to that <laughs> conclusion but right. i think it was worth it let's
0: let's do our shall, gentlemen shall we do our three two ones yes um, yes we shall
2: so i'll take the pain where's to get in first not for the first time this weekend
0: yeah, uh, no, got that was Gordon's um pleasure, I believe. Um so you can go behind I, Lee Gordon.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna give
0: three points to Jamie Semple. Um who came it's
2: 183 on. centimetres.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised at that. Um <laughs> but anyway, um, he came on yesterday and put a shift in in the, the time that he was on the park and, and really put himself about um Two points, Leo Watson, and a point to Jude Smith, who did absolutely nothing wrong and didn't really have anything to do apart from pick the ball in it.
3: Um, and this is really tough. Don't don't take any of these as a sort of um,
2: endorsements.
3: S- <laughs> endorsements are not endorsements. <laughs> Uh, I've gone three points to Jude Smith because, uh, looking at the goals, I don't, I don't particularly blame him. Um, I think if you're if you're being really harsh, you might look at the second one and say, you know, he made himself a little bit smaller than he could have. But well,
2: I thought, we don't know how tall he is.
3: That's the that's the issue. He kind of he kind of went side uh, side um, what do you call it? Side profile. But anyway. I thought he, did, he just generally did all right, and he did make a couple of good saves, actually.
2: Is, is Jude on Twitter, or does anyone follow him on Facebook? Can we shoot him a message and ask, how tall are you?
0: I think his dad listens. Maybe he can message us. Save that sort of chat
1: for Grinder, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I give two points to Jack Healy. Now, I know you can sort of say it was a bit all flash and no product in the end of it, but I thought everything that we, every time we looked dangerous yesterday, it was him. And yeah, he did. I think, you know, as the game went on, he generally got kind of, you know, managed out of it and they dealt with him pretty easily. But I think that is so much easier to do when nobody else is offering anything. Um, so he gets two points and one to Leo Watson because I thought he was all right and I can't remember... I oh, can't remember anything too bad from him, so uh, here we go.
2: Come on, Doug, you're itching to do this.
1: God, I've never been less itching to do anything. Uh, I've also given three points to Jude Smith, which is ridiculous. Uh, apart apart from his side profiling, I thought he, uh, as, as Gordon phrased beautifully, uh, I thought he did all right. Uh, two points I've also given to Leo Watson for the same reasons as Smith. I thought he did. All right. And one I've given to Danny Swanson because he played football for East Fife.
2: That's that's.
1: What about his gloves? He didn't wear gloves. It was a, It was positively bammy, Cumbernauld.
3: Beautiful Beautiful it. day. It was actually really <laughs> hot. But I, I actually
2: got a little bit burnt yesterday. My face is red from being at one of the games I was at here. I think it's more. It could be wind burns more than sunburn. <laughs> And if any East 5 fans happen to
0: uh, lift my glasses, which I think I've left at the game yesterday, that would be excellent. they will
2: fell out my coat, region. Oh, no. So, not going to talk too much more. We're trying to pad this out to an hour. But who do you think the shortest player in the team is? Jack Healy. <laughs> oh, Swanson. yeah. Well, him I don't have a height yeah. for. Swanson? Yes. Spot on. 168 centimetres. Just three centimetres shorter than Leo Watson. How tall is Kev Smith? According to <laughs> this, <laughs> we are padding the site. 180 <laughs> centimetres. Uh, you got
3: um, you, got, uh, you got Scott Mercer's
2: weight there. Yeah. I do actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, do you want to do weights next week? No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's uh, be- velocity of tackle.
2: Uh, Scott Mercer's height, if anyone cares, is 183 centimetres. And weight-wise, because I've got that on the other side. Oh, he's one that we don't have the weight for. He's down to zero.
1: Let's not wait. You know, we're height-shaming. Let's not weight-shame, guys.
2: Yeah. How heavy do you think Ryan Wallace is, Lee?
1: <sighs> heavier than a goat. He- don't know. I'm
2: bench-pressing him.
1: <laughs> heavier than a goat and lighter than a zebra.
2: Anyway. Correct. Right, he's 68 kilograms. Is Danny Swanson heavier? Oh. I've just invented a new game for this. Is <laughs> Danny Swanson heavier than Ryan Wallace or lighter than Ryan
0: Wallace? Like, I'm very much in a position where I really can't talk about anybody's weights because I'm probably the pair of them combined. So I don't <laughs> think... That, uh, that's the best idea. If we genuinely are running out of material, what one thing that we can say is well done to PG Charletta for um, his show at PG uh, Maloy's last night. From by all accounts, it was a sellout and went down really well for him. So I've heard it sold of, out. Yeah, he has sold out. He'll be going to the big record labels soon.
2: Um, is he heavier or lighter than sixty-eight <laughs> kilograms?
0: <laughs> Probably, heavier, like.
2: I just just so we can clarify, according to this, Danny Swanson is sixty four kilograms. Think that may win. have been taken before this season. That's a great weight. Yeah, I I think we should also maybe do a kind of play your cards right, higher, lower. High. Yeah. Next time you're hosting an event, Lee, we'll get some playing cards and we'll do higher, lower. Yeah, well, tell me what here's here's
0: speaking of that. Then, if if um, we need a bit of material to carry us through to the Mark. <laughs> this is my next idea for a show, and I would be really interested to know what the sort of listeners' thoughts on it would be. So, I want to do a show just called The Managers and Gary Naismith along, and um, Dave Bakey along as our two managers that have won league titles with us, and potentially try and get um, somebody like Jim Moffat along. Or Davy Clark, um, and oh. do like a live with the four of them, like a Q and A, and just talk about like East, and then it's East 5 like, through the generations as well. I, I um, think that sounds
2: brilliant. That would be a fantastic
3: night. I've yeah. I've never seen anything like that getting done. You know, managers of the same club, mm-hmm. yeah, getting you know questions and talking about their time. Managing. I suppose I as like... long
1: as one manager's not, it's not someone who took over from a sacked manager. <laughs> I think as long as them, I, I, I like the fact that, that that would be quite a good one. Yeah. Just or, the last four managers: Darren Young, Stevie Crawford, et al. In Barry Smith. Yeah. yeah. If
2: you if you Man, wanted to wait, job, if you <laughs> wanted to wait till just over a year, we could also get Stevie Crawford there as the League Two champions, and then you'd have okay. the three titles. Yeah. Nah, I'm hoping. Or if the, you want uh, to wait a couple of seasons, Stevie Crawford <laughs> as the lower league, Lowland <laughs> League <laughs> champions. League and, champions. <laughs> Oh.
1: I think that's a very good idea Lee No it is,
2: that's excellent I like it So I, like I would it.
0: hope to do that second half of the year Maybe like September, October, maybe November time Because I think that the club have got a lot planned for Kevin oh, yeah, his testimonial, testimonial and stuff, stuff which, I was um... just
1: about to mention that Yeah,
2: You can yeah, have a so... testimonial one as well Like everyone that's had a testimonial So Dickie Gibb and Kev Smith, Davy Gorman
0: Actually, and you, Pat Slattery should get one next yeah, year as well. Yeah,
2: you genuinely could do this as themes. So start with managers, and then you could have goalkeepers and forwards. and
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the managers one would be great because it,
2: I, I think that you get insight from like
0: what the change room's like. I would love to hear from Dave Bakey, that dressing room full of fucking loony tunes. Like how, like he like man managed them, etc. Like I would be, I think that that would be great. But obviously, you've got to then hope that these guys fancy doing it, um, because obviously we're not going to be in a position that we could pay like massive money or anything like that for it. So, um, and our numbers would be very, very similar to what we had at the show on on Thursday, which was maybe including staff about hundred, maybe. Um, so, but it's something that I am genuinely keen to do. If you are interested in that or if you do think it's a good idea, please do get in touch with us. Um because I'm not gonna go to the massive lengths that it will probably take to to make that happen, um, if there's not gonna be a, a sort of clamor for tickets. I,
1: I think I think that's a very good very good idea. Can I also just semi plug the Kevin Smith stuff a wee bit? I think yeah uh, I, I kinda liked the the ideas, especially the fans game. So I think there's gonna be a Fans team versus the 2016 Yeah, champions uh, Champions, which I think will be great I mean, you've done it before Are, are any of those
2: boys still playing Like, professionally? A Jordan lot of K, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. For Clyde. Only well, six years ago
0: Will their clubs J- one Kerr's them. playing for Wigan Liam Kelly's playing for Motherwell Jamie Insel's <laughs> Jason, playing
2: J- Jason
0: Kerr going up against like yeah, Lee, no Gordon way. or Doug I will not be playing out for six months. (laughs) He's just running
1: through the three of us. They'll certainly not be allowed to play. I mean, well, Fash, obviously, he's still playing. I think, I mean, whatever happens for guys, haven't done it. The last time we did it, it was great. You know, it's it's a pretty cool thing to have said you've done. Yeah. You know, um, and I think it's what, 60 quid, and you get your sign or your shirt with your name and number and stuff on the back, and you're guaranteed sort of half an hour playing time each, which is pretty good.
0: Um, If
1: you've you've not done it before I would highly recommend it
2: Um, So we we know that Lee's Sorry Lee? I'm going to do the brunch, I'm not going to play in the game though What about you two, are you going to play either of you?
1: No, I'm going to be working Actually, Um, I don't know if there was anything there But I'm I'm not going to be able to do either of it Because I work, but I take it there'll be like a donations kind of Thing because I would happily buy a ticket for either of them without actually physically going to be there. Because I'm, you know, from,
0: I from what on. I hear, there's five events in total, okay. So there's going to be loads of stuff. I'd imagine, I don't know how true this is or not, or if it's what they're planning or not, but I'd imagine there'll be a very similar dinner to the likes of what Bobby Lynn's just had at Arbroath, mm. yeah. Um, and there'll be speakers and stuff like that. So I'll probably go to that, but I'm, I'm not, I'll go and watch the fans. Versus players game, but I'm certainly not playing in it. I'm too fat and old for that.
3: I mean, I'm thinking about it, but at the same time, uh, I've got zero fitness and haven't kicked a ball in years. So,
1: so you're worried um, they might sign you for the first time? <laughs> can I can I quickly jump in there and suggest to anyone listening if you're out of shape and haven't played football, don't worry about it. Don't let that be a reason why you don't go. Because it's not—it's not a fitness thing by any means. That we're not—the fans are not expected to win.
2: And I'm um, sure they'll have an ambulance in
1: attendance. We will Michael, there is a, for
2: the Michael Dennis, a
1: defibrillator at the yeah. back of the stand, which is meters away. Should anything go wrong? No, but seriously, okay. there, there was there was Lee. There was plenty of guys last time who were in a lot worse shape than you and I playing. And I think it's uh, yeah. Uh, Hopefully it's just something at least we can fill a team to do it because I think A, Kevin Smith deserves it and B, it's, it's it's just a good fun thing for fans to do.
3: No, I'm I'm planning to do it. I think, like you said last time, there's no kind of um, barrier to fitness or ability. It's just...
2: Yeah, you've well, got to represent the podcast. You've got to score, Gordon, and <laughs> then run up to our, our advertising hoarding and give it a kiss.
3: Okay, well, last okay, time I'll, we did I'll, it, I could bear that in mind, yeah.
1: Last time we did it was when I absolutely crunched Kenny Juker, which uh, we were we were told specifically do not touch him because he's still contracted to Livingston and they don't know he's here.
2: Yeah, see that's my wa- <laughs> that's why I said are these guys still playing? Because I would be amazed if any club says, Aye, on you go, go and play against some some yeah. hacks.
0: It's gonna be uh, in cold uh,
2: season though. Yeah.
1: But they're still contracted. Twenty yeah. second <laughs> of May, I think it was, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I had half Gordon Judy. And I thought Wait, I was going to get a kick in after he, he was still an
1: absolute unit as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, he was ripped. Absolutely ripped. It was like bloody He's hell. still a
2: baller as well, yeah. Yeah, it, a really good. Job. Let's yeah. quickly wrap this show up. Let's look at the rest of the League One results from yesterday. So, Aloha beat Peterhead 1-0. Peterhead went down to 10 men in stoppage time. Two first-half goals. So, saw Falkirk get past Dumbarton 2-0. We could really have done with them putting another couple on the board, just for goal difference point of view. Cove, two win-winners away, two Mintros. Again, another game with all the goals in the first half. And then Airdrie beat Queen's Park 2-0. Goals in the first half, no surprise there. So second half was pretty boring in most of the games yesterday. So if we look ahead now to next weekend, we're still just three points shy of Dumbarton. What is next Saturday's date? The 26th. Yes. Try to get our fixtures up here because the BBC website is not as good as it used to be. Here we go, the 26th. So, Queen's Park are at home at Clyde. We're at home at Alloa. Peterhead at home at Falkirk. Dumbarton at home at Montrose, who we have talked about are starting to not have a lot to play for to the playoffs. And then it's Airdrie Cove. We've got to get the job done against Alloa. We're at home. We're stronger at home. Just to finish off the show, what changes would you like to see for next week apart from winning, and what's your predictions? Let's start with Lee. Changes, I think, is going to be difficult
0: because if Wallace is still out next week, I don't really think there's anybody to play up top. Um unless he plays... In fact, I'm going to say I would like... In fact, it's going to be difficult next week because Aloha are actually pretty good at the back and they've got like Dernan, who's a big beast. Um, if
2: it helps you decide, if we lose next week to Aloha, we can only finish level on points with them
0: Yeah. I, I think Aloha are probably out of it for us now anyway. I was, I was. Um, and and again, um, I think I still think Peter Head have got enough that they'll. Uh,
2: our goal, and I said last week when you guys were getting a bit carried away, our soul lane is ninth. Nice. <laughs> I know, um, when, I, when the result came through yesterday I immediately thought of last week's show And I was like One little win And we're all yeah. like, oh we're going to be ninth Or oh, we could be eighth yeah. no. Although I was um, the only one that said eighth to be fair
0: Yeah I, 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 No, I think Gordon got a wee bit carried We had to talk him down with the amount of points he thought we were going to get <laughs> <So, laughs>
3: oh, We're mental, yeah
0: Aye uh, um, So To be honest Cross got a, a difficult job next week um, because if Wallace is injured, I don't know who he could put up alongside Connell. Um, so I mean, we can't go one up front either at home. No, it it's doesn't. Like... Connell Connell can't play up front on his own. He can't. Um, so either put Sample up top with him, um, or put Healy up top with him. But I think Healy will be ragdolled if he gets played um, up but front against the
2: I like having a big guy, wee guy kind of yeah. thing going on. Have we yeah. got any information on
1: height of our putter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to predict a, unfortunately a defeat next
2: week. I think we'll lose 2-0. I, I'll come back to Gordon last because he's usually the most optimistic of us. I mean, oh, Doug's just a miserable git. Talk I about if every, every team this. needs a bastard. We've got Doug.
1: I, I get tagged with this sort of... Uh negative thing which is disappointing i'm very positive outlook in life so anyway is five gonna win next week absolutely fucking no chance <laughs> <laughs> no i uh, changes for me i mean simple or maybe cunningham i don't know what he's I, I don't even know what he's like um to be totally honest with you but yeah. I, I agree we can't have connell playing in his own uh, swanson i don't know i just don't know whether he might be the sort of guy that's quite good to bring on with half an hour to go to kind of against slightly more tired players and can sort of put his stamp on it a bit more. Um, hopefully Dunlop might be back; could be good um, as well. But I think Dunlop was, Dunlop's
0: out for the season. He was he was in a mitten boot yesterday. Oh.
1: oh, he's out for the season, right? Okay,
0: he was out uh, in a mitten boot yesterday. I'm sure it was Dunlop. Am I wrong, Gordon? Didn't
1: see that. Don't know. I'm sure, um, I'm sure it was him. I could be wrong. Or, or, or are, are moon boots maybe just in the fashion, Lee? You know, I mean, I've <laughs> I've certainly got a pair that I rock Truth nightclub with on a on a regular weekend. Anyway, uh, don't know. It's not my job to pick the team, so hopefully, Goff. Crawford makes the right call. I think I, I'd almost take a draw uh, because I, I'm still of the opinion that Dumbarton are going to pick up very little between now and the end of the season. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's a must must win. I think it would be nice if we did, but I, I'm going to predict one one.
2: I mean, I, they're at home as well next week to Montrose, and when I was kind of working out what points they could go, get, that was the one that I thought they could take something from. For what it's worth, but my I mean, accuracy and predictions haven't been great, Gordon. They could.
3: I mean, like you say, Montrose are potentially sort of... They're now stuck in that no-man's-land where they're not going to challenge for the league. They're probably safe in a playoff spot. So that's a wee bit risky there. But I would still fancy Montrose to beat them. Uh, if they keep 11 men on the park. For us, yeah, I kind of agree with Doug with a lot of these kind of you know fancy... Formations and stuff like that. I mean not not that four four one one or four two three one or whatever is too much, but I think sometimes you look like you look at yesterday and you look at say like Swanson and Blair. I mean a bit like, you know, there's this position now where it's like, you know, you're in the you're that holding midfielder, you're in that kind of double pivot, but you're not the one putting in the tackles in, you're the one just, you know, getting the ball for the defence, moving it here, doing that. And I think sometimes like does that work at lower level? Is that like you know, we kinda had Agnew playing a bit of that role sometimes, but a bit touching a bit of what Lee was saying, it's like Agnew, you know, his um he scored goals, for his set piece delivery, he could play killer passes. He was good enough for that because he was just a fucking fantastic player at this level when he's on it. Um but you know, having Blair sitting holding, just kinda treading water a wee bit. And, you know, we've got Swanson just a wee bit ahead of that, trying to be a similar player but a little bit ahead. I'm not really sure that works, so I could just go four four two, play one of them, play Swanson and Miller in the middle and put someone up front with Connell, whether that's Semple or Cunningham or somebody else. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind going with that. At the same time, I'm very aware that, you know, that could just be a complete knee-jerk reaction to a poor performance and I wouldn't have been saying any of that if we'd got a point or I wasn't saying any of it last week. Yeah. But yeah, I think I I agree one one. Don't think we'll win.
2: I mean I think, I think we'll defensively we've been it's pretty sound, so hopefully yesterday was just something off a blip. It, it's too late in the season to to start pissing about too much with formations, I'd still like to maybe see like a 3-4-1-2 if we had the personnel in place to do it, but I don't know that we do right now with the guys that, that we've got beat up, but just just to get some attacks up the wings, we've got to start like attacking at the wings and u- using pace, because the midfield, the centre of the park is not going to win us games, so I, I think our best hope is to get up the wings and get balls into the box and have some big guys like Connell hopefully getting on the end of them. But I guess it's all going to depend on who is healthy because we do sound pretty beat up at the moment and it's all coming at, the, at a bad time for us. I would take a point grudgingly because we need three from our home games, I think. And this is a game that on paper could be very winnable. Aloha's win yesterday was their their first win in four. So they've not been having a good run either. Looking at the others, like Peter Head's lost four straight, Dumbarton it's only got their last five here and they've lost their, their last five. So we, we've got to get something from it because we can't allow a six-point gap if Dumbarton were to, to even get a win and we weren't to get a win, then that would definitely be lights out. I'm going to go for 2-0. I don't know where that's coming from, but I just... I'm going for 2-0. To oh, who? To East Fife. Okay.
1: I I think just very quickly, I I think you're
2: absolutely
1: flabbergasted. You're you're absolutely right with the team, every team's form around us is pish. They're really trying hard to let us back into this.
2: Yeah.
1: They really are. You know, I mean, if if two of those teams had been in just a decent form, we'd be pretty much relegated by now. You know, they're letting us back in. So it's a, we've got to get back in proper. I know we are in touch, but if we can just get, get back level with Dumbarton and Two or three behind Peter Head, it really puts pressure on them. Because we 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 have no pressure now, really. Cause, you know, give or take, we were down you know, a few weeks ago. And I, I think I think the best way to look at yesterday is it's a blip because it's the first it's the first genuinely poor team performance for quite a few weeks. Like really, you know, as in just where we were generally washed. Hopefully that's not a sign of we've had our good spell and that's ended. You know, or more just the fact that you know we had a bad week
3: So between Peterhead and Dumbarton, right? Out the last 30 points available to them, between them, they picked up three.
2: Wow, it's interesting us, Peterhead and Dumbarton, we're all at home next Saturday. If Dumbarton, like D- Dumbarton, their mindset just now is going to be okay, if, if we don't win next Saturday and he's 5 2, all of a sudden we're level in points. But likewise, if they win next week and Peterhead don't, they just suddenly go above Peterhead and they're out of relegation danger for a spell. Oh, then then I, it's in their own hands.
1: I think, it, I mean, for me, if if we go back to six points, we're down. Because yeah. that six points will be an increased goal difference either way.
2: Yeah. And therefore, so it's, it's basically, basically seven
1: points. So I, I think we, we can't take a step back in the league table or, or, points-wise or worth doing.
2: Well, it's exciting. At least we're still in it. And that is something that two, three months ago, I'm not sure that many of us truly believe we'd be sitting here coming to the end of March talking Very about. True. Very true. That is it for this episode of Glory Days of Gold, but we'll just go around everyone one last time. Any final thoughts? Anything funny that you've seen this week or anything you want to plug or where can folk find you online, Lee? Find me on Twitter, Lee G nineteen oh three. Um obviously follow the Glory Days of Gold social
0: medias if you haven't. The one that mainly gets updated is our Twitter page at Glory Days of Gold. If you're interested in my the manager's evening, please do get in touch. Glorydays of at gmail.com. Make sure that you back the Kevin Smith testimonial because the guy definitely deserves it. Um say no to football violence and um just enjoy your weeks ahead. But it's Football Violence Awareness Month coming up, Lee.
2: No, absolutely not. God, absolutely not. You must have seen um, something funny this week to end the show on a
3: well. I just thought one we thought I had we were coming out of uh, walking at Broadwood yesterday. Obviously, very demoralised. It's been a kind of tough afternoon. Keeping eye on eyes on the scores through the <laughs> afternoon, and one little ray of sunshine that 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 fought his way through the clouds is back in the car, decide to check what the final scores are. And both Wraith and Cowdenbeath conceded heartbreakingly late goals. Wraith conceded two of them uh, to go from winning positions to kind of horrible defeats or draws. And I was like, okay, that's cheered me up a little bit. So that was nice.
2: Yeah, I'm just going into the Cowden one just now. Doug, what about yourself?
3: Uh, Gordon has absolutely
1: stole my thunder. Uh, I was sort of following the scores on the TV while watching the game on the laptop, and Wraith were two up. And our, my friend Jonathan, who's a friend of yours, Michael, had messaged me like a voice clip going, "An, ac- an acquaintance, un- I don't have." Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: He he voice clipped me just saying, "Unbelievable," which I replied to him going, "Yes, Jonathan, Wraith won and East Fife lost." It was ten thirty at night when I happened to randomly look at the scores, and I went, holy shit, Wraith lost. Like, I just thought they'd won, so that was very funny. <laughs> uh, and also, um, I'm going to say yes to football violence. Yeah. All for it.
2: So you'll be enjoying our month of music next month. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I'm all for it. Fights, that sort of stuff is all good by me.
2: If you haven't seen the... The Ultras film on Netflix, it's about Italian football hooligans. I really recommend it. It's very good. But try and watch it with subtitles. Because I started with subtitles and I thought, I wonder what the, the dubbed version's like. And it was terrible. It's folk American accents. Oh. And there's a scene right. where... I, I just happened to check it in a scene where th- this American couple go into a bar and the Ultras are telling them, fuck off, fuck off. But... It's great in Italian, and then you watch it in American, and it's a guy in an American accent going, "Hey, American, get out of here! You fucking not welcome here." And it's like, oh dear.
3: <laughs> Dubs are generally pish.
2: Yeah, uh, but it's a good film. I we've we've started doing a kind of football film review thing on our podcast over here. Maybe something we could do if we've nothing else to yes, talk about It's a lot of fun. I would like that. Yeah, um, I'll send Mr. you some. Mike- yeah, do
0: send me some recommendations.
2: Most of that. them are about football violence. so but I'll try and get some other ones as well. We, yeah. Week one, A Shot at Glory. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got that on DVD. I've never seen that. It, what? Oh, Ali yeah, McCoyst? Robert Duval? Talking of terrible accents. <laughs> no, I've never seen what? that.
1: Right, well... Give, when, give, oh, me recording. The, give,
2: give me the synopsis,
1: though. Uh, Ali McCoyst plays for... Sort of very small East Fife type team, Kilnbockey Rangers or some wash, who make it all the way to the cup final under their Scottish coach, Robert Duval, whose accent is worse than Will, uh, Mel Gibson's. Um, it's terrible. And I'm being very, very nice oh, yeah. there.
3: But brilliantly but terrible.
1: Yeah, brilliantly terrible. There you go. Michael, Michael, for the listener, is showing us the DVD copy with Robert Duvall's
2: famous bonnet in the in the picture.
3: A, a character loosely based on Dick
0: Campbell.
2: Here <laughs> is the, the blurb on the back for you, Lee. Gordon MacLeod, who is Robert Duvall, is the manager of a second-tier well Scottish
0: football haggis team. Faced
2: anyway. <laughs> with pressure from his American owner, he's forced to bring on a marquee player, Ali McCoyst, to improve the fortunes of the team. With the new addition to the team's roster, McLeod hopes to prevent the team from being moved from the fiercely loyal town it has known for a century. Along the way, McLeod must battle his own demons, including long-standing tiffs with both his daughter and a former colleague who betrayed him.
0: Definitely watching that. That sounds incredible.
3: Describing your your demons as long-standing tiffs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, Michael, the fact that it said roster... I mean, I know.
3: Yeah,
1: Absolutely. I
2: also say soccer team, and I just realized that this is the American version of They're, it I have. I mean, week,
3: week, week two will obviously be soccer
2: dog. Oh, yeah, yes. Or U- European soccer dog. <laughs> yeah. what, what What's the football team called in the
1: American version, Michael? The uh, Kilnbocky swastling sort of pirates? not doesn't,
2: a- doesn't actually say.
0: <laughs> uh, if we're talking the best football film, the only answer is there's only one Jimmy Grimble. That is the
2: only answer. That's yeah. the one with Robert Carlyle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I tried to speak to him about that because he was playing in a charity football match here. And we got to speak to folks. So I got to speak to Ray Winston, really nice yeah. guy. He's like, that yeah, film. C- of course I'll speak to you, mate. No problem. So we spoke for about 10 minutes about West Ham and football. Went up to yes, Robert really? Carlyle. <laughs> 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 Went up to Robert Carlisle, and he's like, oh, no, mate, I'm not doing any interviews.
1: Uh, Michael. My name's Bloody Ryan Winston. <laughs> i from Sydney.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> mate. Uh, for,
1: for me, it's Escape to Victory, and it's brutal. But just from, uh, that was a proper when I was a kid movie. So I, uh, I I was a fan. Michael's away to his DVD collection and brings Escape to Victory. Classic, classic. Uh,
0: which is placed next to Debbie Does Dallas on his <laughs> DVD shelf. Which is a bit uh, weird. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Probably Debbie does Dallas Dynamos or something over there. ID best football violence film going.
0: Right. It's,
2: it's about a guy a based on though. It's a guy that's an undercover cop.
1: He's an
2: undercover cop and he gets in too deep with Shadwell Town supporters.
0: Shadwell, yeah, big, big Shadwell massive, yeah. Yeah.
2: Anyway, let's wrap the show up because I've got another call to go on and I've just realised what time it is and it's about to start in any second now. So okay. thank you for listening. Give me a follow on Twitter at AFT in Canada. We'll be back soon talking about East Fife drawing level at the bottom of Scottish League 2. Until then... Oh, Scottish League 1. <laughs> Thinking ahead head to next season. Um, <laughs> until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And one the Fife.
0: Provost
1: Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road, to sing my songs for the boys in black I heard the stories about 1938 and I was just a boy, I knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more